Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Probably very familiar text to you all, I would think. And if you don't happen to have a Bible with you and would like one, just raise your hand and, and we'll certainly bring one to you. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's getting more and more tricky to fake it as a Christian in our culture. If you really do believe what we say we really do believe, you're getting called out on the carpet more than ever before. More and more people are curious why you believe what you believe and if you're really going to hold to those standards or if you're ready to drop them at the drop of a hat for the sake of being accepted by the culture. That, typically, when somebody says that it sounds scary, I mean that happily. I think it's great. Because if you're truly a believer... And our culture is going in a place where you are going to shine brighter and no longer is it easy to fake your Christianity. I praise the Lord for that. I don't praise him for the suffering, but I praise him for the the reality that you can't hide in the crowd anymore. And it's becoming more and more like that. I think one of the greatest things that has happened in our culture, in our country over the years is to be able to blend in and not have to make a stand for Christ. And now here we are where we're having to make a stand, and all of us are wondering why we're having to make a stand. Well, it's because the whole time the world has been against you and against the gospel. So what's been on my heart lately, you guys, has been this category of the gravity and the intensity and the importance of the cultivation of the Christian life. This is not merely fun. It's not merely work. It's war. You are in in the middle of a war that, unfortunately, at times it hasn't looked like that, but it is that. That's why in Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Please notice not work for or work in. In like, work for your salvation, fear and trembling, try to earn it. That's not what the text means. Um, work it in as if you, you need to earn this out. That's not what it means. Working it out, meaning you are saved. You, you do have that salvation, but now that it's been in, you work it out, meaning you walk as a believer. You walk further in obedience And notice how he says we do that. Not flimsy. Not playing games. Not faking it. Not Jesus is a mere part of my life. He says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. There's been a couple times where I've been working on on something else that is owned by another individual. And they've said, would you mind fixing this for me? I recovered a Bible for somebody one time. And the Bible was so tattered and so marked up. It was obvious this was so important to this individual, and I was recovering it with some fresh leather. Fear and trembling would be too strong of a statement, but I took great, great care because of how important it was and the intensity that needed to be given to that. There is nothing on the planet, there's nothing in our lives that calls for greater intensity, precision, and care than the cultivation of our life as Christians and yet neglected so many ways. How serious do you take your life as a believer? How serious are you about prayer? How serious are you about the Word of God? How serious are you that you grow into Christ-likeness? Is your answer, yeah, I'm a Christian. Why? Because my great-grandma was a Christian. Then you're not a Christian, if that's your answer. You're not a Christian if that's true. You're not a Christian if it's because you went to church when you were a kid. 
You're not a Christian if it's because you're an American. You're not a Christian if it's because you carry a Bible around. You're not a Christian if you do those things. Christians do those things, but you're not a Christian if you do those things. You're a Christian. Truly, I know that our culture loves that title. You see necklaces with crosses and earrings with crosses on people who have no idea who the Lord Jesus is. You are a Christian if the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been accredited to you and your sins accredited to him on the cross, that you have a substitute in Jesus. And then, Christian, you're called to work out that glorious news in fear and trembling. Working out basically meaning you are pursuing Christ and becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus. Now, flip side of the coin, this is the best part. It's not you doing it. Four, it is God who works in you, both to will, he gives you the will, and to work, gives you the strength, the ability to do it, for his good pleasure. I love the phrase, good pleasure. Guys, think about this. You and I, right now, are fully, absolutely deserving of hell. Fully deserving of he owes me. I, I have earned that. And I have the joy of being his son with absolute fearless excitement for my eternity because of what Christ Jesus did. And the fact that Dan Mason, on a daily basis, can actually live a life for the good pleasure of the sovereign of the universe with no animosity between he and I, joy in Christ, and the Father looking on me in seeing the perfection of Jesus, I am astounded by the good news. And so, I want to call you to worship. I don't mean in the next song. I mean in the way you are a husband, the way you are a wife, the way you are a grandparent, the way you are a driver the way you are a co-worker, and the way that you're a disciple of Jesus. I'm calling you to worship. When nobody can see, I'm calling you to that, challenging you to that. Let's live a life of worship. Worship's not singing. Worship's not preaching. Worship is what takes place in the soul that only the Lord sees. Only God truly sees your worship. And so let us be a people that are hungry, passionate to worship our God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for PCBC and the, just the beautiful examples in this congregation, Lord, that I know in private live lives that worship you, Lord, that want to make much of you. And that, Father, I have no doubt you have good pleasure in them. Please bless the rest of our time together, God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a little bit of special music this morning. So, um, Pacific Coastal, that right? Uh, Coastal Bible Church. And I've had such a tremendous weekend. Uh, I've been wanting to get here for a long time. Dan has asked me several times, can you come, can you come? And I was like, I want to get there, I want to get there. And uh, finally, this weekend, it worked out. Dan and his family have been the most wonderful host to me. And uh, do you guys enjoy them as your missionary family? Let's give them a hand. They're just, just tremendous. And just a little bit about who I am. I'm the new assistant director of Village Missions. And uh, my wife and I have served with Village Missions for 25 years. Uh, I was a school teacher before that, trying to avoid the pastoral ministry. And God always has a better idea. Amen. Amen. And I taught music and did administrative things and uh, I thought that I was going to do things in rural America in education. And God said, well, you can do that, but you're going to do it through the local church. I was going to uh, let the public school uh, pay my salary, 
and then do music uh, in the local church and that kind of thing and help the pastor out. Well, the Lord finally got a hold of my heart. Um, I, Debbie and I had been married a, a little while. We had our daughter. And we were, uh, I, was past, I was at school in Cozad, Nebraska. Probably none of you ever know where that's at. Uh, anybody know where that's at? <laughs> uh, it's a neat little town. And I was in a little school nearby. And we heard about village missions. And I was wrestling with my call from God. And we went up and visited a village missions field up in northern Nebraska at Springview. And the pastor there said, John, this is what you need to do to become a village missionary. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I was wrestling because I was ready to make, finally yield to God and say, okay, whatever you want, that'll be fine. And we came traveling back home after I visited that church and heard more about village missions and went through a little place called Anselmo, Nebraska. And there was this church with a sign, and it said, for sale. A church that had once probably seen people saved. Once a, probably a pastor had come to know Christ. I mean, had led people to Christ there. But now the doors were closed. And from my understanding of that community, there was no real gospel witness there anymore. And God laid it on my heart that, John, you can go in a lot of places, but who is going to go to the Anselmo, Nebraska, and other places? Who's going to go to those unremembered places that other people are overlooking? I want to put you, John, and your family in one of those places. So at that time, we yielded to God and... Uh, through the years, I've been able to use a lot of music, been able to do a lot of things. The education background that I had, uh, I didn't think I'd ever use it. Now it's what I do as assistant director. I'm constantly mentoring, constantly evaluating, working with the new team that's coming on, coming alongside Dan and others and encouraging them, trying to work at staff development. A lot of the things that I thought I did while I was a Jonah running from God God had the joke in my life, actually it wasn't a joke, it was his plan, of saying, okay, I've got you, and I'm going to have my perfect will with you. Just relax, John, and trust me. And I finally did, and uh, that's what has brought us to Oregon, is to uh, care for those dear village missionaries like Dan and his family, and bring in the new generation of village missionaries. I first heard about you all in... Nine, got to make sure I get this right, 1996, uh, we became village missionary candidates. And part of the candidate process was to go to uh, uh, Kansas City is where we had candidate school at that time. And there was this uh, video that we watched called Down the Road Again. And there was this place called Pacific City. And this guy by the name of Mark Kennedy, anybody know him? And he was out looking over a uh, cliff down into this beautiful vista. And he said, God has called my family to go and help this church down here, in, here, here. And I saw some of you, maybe some of you are here today that were in that video. And what encouraged me was, wow, Village Missions is about encouragement. Village Missions is about churches that are family because I, there was a picture of showing some of you uh, shaking hands and worshiping together. And I'm like, okay, I can be part of a ministry that's all about building up the family of God. And so we accepted Village Missions, and they accepted us. And here we are 25 years later. We served four churches in Nebraska and Kansas and uh, uh, served as district representatives back there for 10 years. And then... Uh, uh, the fall of 2019, God said, called us to, John Adams, the current executive director, was assistant director, and he said, I want you to leave Nebraska and go to Oregon. And Village Missions were willing to go anywhere. And uh, we said, okay, we will follow you, John. And he was going to become the executive director when Brian retired, and he wanted me to become the assistant director. So that's where we are. We moved to Dallas 
that year, and then John and I started working together in that spring, and then finally full-time uh, last, uh, last August, and uh, it's been great. My wife right now is back in Kansas City helping her mother and her sister uh, in the preparation of a house to sell uh, back there in Kansas City. My mother-in-law is in, in a assisted living complex, so pray for them. My wife will fly back next Saturday at the same time that we're having a big barbecue in Dallas. If any of you want to come and have some good food, come to Dallas, Oregon. It's part of crazy days there. I go from Dory days this weekend to crazy days next week, so you know, really having a good time. So invite you to come to, to our, our office for a barbecue next Saturday night as part of that. So anyway, um, good to be here. And this morning, we want to talk. We've got a couple, three, fourfold or so plan for our time together. So if you could advance the next slide. We're going to uh, talk about uh, what it means to be in a partnership. Partnership both vertically and horizontally, and how that comes out in your relationship with yourself as a church and with Village Missions. And, and bring it to that point where you can apply what we're going to share today, what Dan was talking about, and what the worship team was sharing. The message of the worship team's music was phenomenal. They sang a whole bunch of my favorite songs, and they didn't even know what I was going to talk about. But my, my life's song is, And Can It Be? That before we come into a partnership as a church and into village missions, we must have, my friends, this partnership with Almighty God. Amen? We must be saved. And my hope would be that if there's anybody here today that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Savior, that they will accept Christ as their Savior today. And if you're here, the best thing that could happen today would be for you to come to know Christ and, that, and be in that partnership as well. But we're gonna, we want that, but then we're going to talk a little bit about you as a church, of what your partnership should look like in ministry, and then ultimately bring it to the conclusion of how we all partner together with Village Missions to go to other dark places to bring the gospel. So let's pray and talk about this for the next few minutes. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for Pacific Coast Bible Church uh, and these dear folks that they have been put here <clears throat> for your glory and that you would honor them and use them, Lord, work through them to, be, to bring the gospel to the people where they're at. In Christ's name we pray, amen. When you look up here at this, and I was a school teacher, so I move around, <laughs> so uh, uh, I will not put any of you on the spot. I don't know you all that well yet. Although I can put Danny on the Dan on the spot, right, Dan? No. No. <laughs> I have to hitch to get me back to my car, so he might leave me stranded. If he leaves me stranded, will you guys take me back to my car? <laughs> so anyway, um, when we talk about God working, the first word here is God. God himself is a true picture of partnership. We believe in one God, but in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit. We sing that song, holy, 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 God Almighty. And tremendous partnership there in the person of God. And God the person, in the three persons, is working together in partnership to bring about God's ultimate purpose, to bring glory to himself by bringing the gospel, the good news, to a hurting world. This, my friends, is our, should be our purpose. This is God's purpose. We all want to be about what God wants, right? Purpose in our life. Purpose of our life should be whatever God wants. Whatever God wants should be my purpose. God, what's your purpose? to get the gospel to lost souls. Okay, God, if that's your purpose, that's my purpose. That's the purpose of Village Missions. That's the purpose of your church, I trust, is to bring the gospel to Pacific City and beyond. So God, the Son, Holy Spirit, work together. You have God the Father, and then you look at Jesus in John chapter 17, talking to the Father, thy will be done, when he was in Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done and the Holy Spirit coming into the conviction of hearts and souls. So it's all right there. God is all about this. God is all about 
the gospel. Doesn't get off on all this extra stuff that we hear about all over in the news and whatever. He is centered. He is centered on the gospel. When it comes down to it in eternity, all the stuff that bothers us, we'll, we'll forget about it. <laughs> and we'll worship, like Dan was talking about, at the feet of Jesus, about him. And all the rest of this, it will be worth it all when we see Christ. Amen? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. So why not rejoice now? Why not have a God-centered partnership in our day-to-day life now? That's where it should be. There's been a statement that said, you Christians are too heavenly-minded to be earthly good. I totally disagree with that. The more heavenly-minded we are, the more good we will be on this planet because it'll be God in us doing his work his way. He's doing the work through us, and it will ultimately bring glory to God, and that is the purpose of humanity. Amen? Christians are living the real human life. Lost people are living the dead, oxymoron, they're living the dead life. We as Christians are alive, alive in Christ, living out the gospel. So if we go to the next slide. Big idea for today. The next state, you know, God works with partnerships with people. Isn't that, I love people. Dan told you, I love people. I would shake everybody's hand before I leave here. Uh, It'd be great. God loves people. Village Missions, our statement is preach the word and love the people. Excellent. And that's what we're all about, is that kind of partnership. Preach the word, love the people. But the people that God wants to work with, and this is a prerequisite to, in ministry, is first of all to understand the need and what God wants to be done. God wants us to understand what he wants done. And where do you go to find out what God wants done? The book. Village Missions is all about the book. Understand the need. And the need is people are lost. They're going to hell. And we have the answer. Not a answer. We have the answer. And it's from his word. And the need is great there. And God wants to find people that understand the need, and first of all, understand the need in their own life and accepted Christ as their Savior. But then secondly, not only understand what the need is of salvation, but are committed that their purpose in being left behind here on this planet after they're saved is to get the message to other people that were lost. We all, if you're a believer, you were once lost. I was once going to hell. I'm not anymore. I was saved when I was four years old at a little parsonage uh, in Silver Creek, Nebraska, a little pastor's home. And I came through John 3.16, for God so loved Jonathan that he gave his only begotten son, that if Jonathan believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jonathan would be saved, and I accepted Jesus. And so from that moment on, I'm headed to heaven. I'm excited about that. Satan can't have me. I'm God's guy. And if you're a believer, you're God's man or woman. And God's got you. And he's going to put you where he wants you to be put. And Satan's not happy about that. But we need to be committed that the reason we've been left here and haven't been zapped up to heaven is we're left here on mission to be committed to taking the gospel to other people, committed to working together with other believers, the body of Christ, the church, to meet the need of bringing all glory to God. There's that last song we sang. All glory to God with an eternal perspective. So today, my dear friends, live with an eternal perspective. My dad went to be with the Lord. Uh, he was a pastor for 50 years, and he went to be with the Lord a few years ago. And he, when his last, one of his last words to me was, Jonathan preached the word, but he's in heaven, enjoying heaven. He always had a perspective, and he always said to me, Jonathan, the best is yet to come. So I want to say to you here in Pacific City, dear brothers and sisters, read the news, you get depressed. <laughs> Read the Bible, you get encouraged. The best is yet to come, and it's in Jesus, and it's going to be eternal, and the best never ends, and how awesome that is. Next slide. And we find it here in Philippians 3, 6. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn here. We're going to look at this passage for a few minutes. And it says, 
I thank, I think Thanksgiving should be every day. I thank my God. I have a personal relationship with God. And that's not boasting. It's an absolute fact. And every believer has a personal relationship with God. With my God. Not somebody else's face, fake God. But I thank my own personal God that I walk with every day. In all my remembrance of you. And as a result of being here this weekend, I have faces in my mind. And some of your names and so forth. So I'll be able to think about you guys to pray better, and thank God for what you do. Your giving, for example, helps us be able to put people in other places and carry on the ministry that we carry on. Uh, in remembrance of you, all making my prayer with joy. I am joyful about getting to know you all. Do you guys live in joy? I hope you do. Jesus, others, and yourself that spells joy. Do you have joy in your heart? Or you will be all the time. We as Christians should be joyful. We should have the joy of the Lord. Because of your, what brings great joy, and Paul was saying this too about the believers, because of your partnership, your togetherness together in the gospel. We can have potluck, we can have all that stuff that we have in common, and have we get together and enjoy the dories and enjoy being part of this part of the world right now, and all that. That's fine. But really what brings us together, what brought Dan and I together, and we met a few years ago at a conference, what brought us together, we knew each other as Village Missions, but really what brought Dan and I together was Jesus Christ, was a oneness of mission of getting the gospel to where, wherever we're at. And that's, and coffee, yes, got to have that in there. <laughs> got to have the coffee. The gospel from the first day until now. And this is my life verse, one of my life verses that I love to hold. And I am sure of this, I am confident of this, that he, God, who began the good work in me and in you, will bring it to completion. It's going to be finished, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to go on and on and on for eternity at the completion of the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not coming back yet. I do believe he's coming back. could happen any moment. And I'm looking forward to that day. But he's going to complete his work. And what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. Are you looking forward to God completing his work in our lives? And it's going to happen. It's not maybe going to happen. It's going to happen. And God's the one that's perfecting us. God is the one that's working in us. So we do Dan's message in his, uh, in his call to worship. Work out your salvation. The salvation is God in you. God is doing that work of salvation. Our job is let it out. <laughs> let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You, why hide Jesus? <laughs> don't keep, don't, remember that song, uh, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. Don't hide it under a bushel? No! Let it out. Let your love for Jesus shine. In your dark spot. Let it out. Next slide. So being together as a family is awesome, right? Have a good time. You enjoy partying together in the gospel and doing the things that we do as church. But it's also a serious matter. Do you believe that you need each other in this church? We do. Dan mentioned the part that we're in a war. We are. We are not on a cruise liner. We are on a battleship. We are soldiers of Christ. Soldiers of Christ, arise. Church of Christ, arise. And put your armor on. <laughs> Not your buffet line. The buffet comes later in heaven. I'm looking forward to that marriage feast. But now we need each other. Satan wants to separate us. He can't get us to hell, but he can sure try to separate the family of God and get us bickering and fighting over all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's Christ uniting us together. And we need one another. And it says in Ecclesiastes, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Village Missions is all about partnership, bringing us all together. So many of our village missionaries are, all of them are 
alone in their ministry in a special spot away from other village missionaries. One of the ministries I'm working at is trying to get all of our missionaries interacting together. That's why we have conference. That's why I come here to you guys. That's why we want you guys to know other village missions fields, why we want you to know other village missionaries. We want you to know John and I. and we want, we just, We're a big family. We need each other. Satan's big trick is divide, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. That's what he wanted to do to our churches and wants to do with our marriages, wants to do with our families. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Let's not let him do it. Amen? Let us buckle up together and watch out for each other, accountability, all of these kind of things. It's God's way of doing things. It's called the church. It's called the body of Christ. It's called family. And so we have this part, partnership is God's plan. When Jesus was threatened, he called out to the Father. And if Jesus needs to call the Father, do I? Absolutely. So we call the Father, but we also call each other. I know that I can call Dan, and you say, well, you're assistant director. Yeah, forget that. I'm just a sinner saved by grace that happens to be in that role. I can call Dan and say, Dan, this is what's going on in my life. Will you pray? And he will do it, and vice versa. We have that kind of relationship. But all of us as believers should have that accountability with one another in the body. That's one of the reasons the church is so important and why village missions exist to village missions exist for the glory of God by developing in the Lord Jesus Christ by developing spiritually vital churches in rural North America. We want churches that are alive and are interacted together and are mentoring folks to become new missionaries to take the gospel to other places. But we need strong churches to do that. Churches that are all about knowing the need and committed to it. Next slide. A guy by the name of Walter Duff started this ministry in 1948. So we've been going quite a while now, 70-some years. And Walter Duff, uh, Irish guy, originally, and his grandfather missed the boat. That was a good thing. His grandfather missed the boat called the Titanic from Ireland and uh, missed it. And it was kind of like if he'd gotten on that boat, who knows whether we'd have village missions or not. But he missed the boat and came over to the States, and, he, and his dad and his son told Walter, Walter, I want you to go out and find rural areas and put pastors in there. And so in 1948, he started this ministry called Village Missions. And it started by seeing the need. Remember, he knew what the need was, gospel preaching churches. And then he was committed to that need by praying about it. And then he sent out missionaries and, village, and supported them. And Village Missions has been following this plan of teamwork, partnership, ever since. And so now it's our turn to continue what God started in eternity past, worked it through Walter Duff, and now we're passing it on. And we want to talk to you a little bit of how that passing on is going on. Next slide. Village missions today. We have the local church, you guys, in partnership with village missions. A local church needs a pastor, needs missionary couple to come in. We vet them. We send them to you. You work together to bring the gospel to your place. And then in bringing it into more picture, right there you have the Mason family in the middle. See, we need some more kids in that illustration. (laughs) You have the Mason family. And through Village Missions, we have ministry partners that help, and we will support financially the Masons when you can't, and vice versa. And then we have district representatives, that would be Mark Kennedy for you guys, to help support them. We provide the health care for the Masons, and then you as a church support them to do the things that they do. You're all together to support them. Uh, Mason family, you are supported. Amen. And you're all, you guys partner with Village Missions to support them so they can do their work through you and with you here. So that's the plan, and it's still, this is what it works like. And I want to show you a little bit more of what it's like right now. So next slide. This is my wife, Debbie, and I, I told you she's in Kansas City, and I'm just going to share you with you a little bit our perspective of what we do. Again, Village Missions 
help keep country churches, helping keeping country churches thriving. It used to be helping keep, keep, keeping country churches alive. That was life support. We don't want life support. We want you to thrive. We want you to be healthy. So uh, what we do, we're changing our focus to wanting to help churches re be vibrant themselves. It isn't just to have you watch the Masons do their work and you get to say, go Masons, go Masons, go Masons, and that's all good. But it's you together with the Masons to do the work that you as a church, you as a church, who came first? The Masons or this church? This church. And Village Missions was fortunate enough to find Masons and plug them in to you all. And that was all God's direction. But this is your work. God's work here is you guys doing this, and the Masons get to be part of that. But uh, So we want to see you as a church thrive, and we're still about helping you as a church thrive. Next slide. This is the International Service Center in Dallas, Oregon. When I do this presentation, I'm back in Nebraska. They're like, where's Dallas? Is that the big thing down in Texas? And I'm like, no, it's the little thing down up in Oregon. You guys know where it's at. So there's our office, and this is our team. Now, it's changed. Mackenzie, our staff writer, has uh, moved on to another ministry, and we have a Carolyn Stent. We have a new uh, person that's in her role. So the Lord keeps has brought about a different person just in the last few weeks. But that's our team that I get to work with every day there in Dallas, and we welcome you to come and visit us there in Dallas. Uh, next slide. We have a new administration. Brian uh, retired uh, after 20 years as executive director. And John Adams, who used to be at Hauser here in Oregon, he take, took on the role. He was assistant director, and then he took on the role as executive director last August. And then I became assistant director. We're IE known. He's known as Dr. J, and I'm Pastor John, or PJ. So... Uh, that you can go by that with our names. I like PJ real well, and I think he likes Dr. J too. So, or the other thing is, he's called First John, and I'm called Second John. I hear you have First and Second John here too, <laughs> as, as well. I think I've met both of the Johns now, so that, that's really good. So that's us, and that's our wives. There's Debbie and there's Candy, and we just really love working together uh, as a team. So pray for this new administration. The baton has passed, and it's going. I think, Dan, you think it's going fairly good? <laughs> exactly. See, I think I really need help getting back home. Uh, next slide. This is my office when I'm there, and uh, I really hold real strongly to keeping this name Pastor John. Once a pastor, always one. And I fought with God about that, because at first I didn't want to be one, but then when God says, you are one, it's like, okay. So I, one of the reasons I hold on to that so dearly is I, I love that role. Uh, and that's, so that's my office there in Dallas when I'm there. Next slide. And this is what Village Missions looks like again. You have the church, the missionaries, and the mission. And I'll, I'll click, there's several things. If you click the first thing, you have this triangle. All three of us working together in partnership together. And then we have, uh, next part, we have ministry partners. And next, click. And we have two groups of mission ministry partners. One, next click, people that support your missionaries. And then the next click are people that support village missions. All of these are ministry partners. They're special people that do various things to help the missionary, but also help village missions do what we do. And I'll, uh, I'll have you walk, me, walk through this. This is what the ministry partners do. And some of you may be ministry partners. We have... We ask you to pray. We have this group of people that pray for village missions. And then we have people that are learning more about village missions and about the need. And then we have folks that are sharing about village missions, that are going out and talking to others and saying, have you heard about rural America? It looks in trouble. We can tell you about a ministry that is dedicated to rural America. And then these same people serve. Uh, we have a group of volunteers. We have this bar barbecue going on this weekend in Dallas, and Tim Griffiths, our, our stewardship director, he has a group of volunteers that work many, many hours getting ready for that, but also stuffing envelopes and doing 
various things for us. All servants all over that do stuff. And then we have people that do give. We will tell you finances is needed. It's, uh, we definitely need finances. But you notice, we believe prayer is top, top priority for ministry providers. And the learning and the sharing and the serving. And if the Lord allows, calls you to give, that's fine too. But that's what the team looks like. All part of this to help you do your work here. And you're all part of that so that we can do our work other places. Next slide. This is our goal for the future. Those missions have been around this long. And we've been kind of a best-kept secret. A lot of churches, a lot of missionary folks don't know that we exist and what we do. And we've been doing this for a long time. And we're now getting the word out. We don't like to toot our own horn. But we've had to get the word out that we do exist. We are pretty well a unique ministry in the United States. There are other church planting organizations. But I, as far as I know, I don't know of any other organization that does the care and the partnership like, like we do. So this is what our goals are for the future and primarily what I do so that you can see what I focus on. Focusing on this shift, part of the reason coming here this weekend is to help you all know where we think, what we think of you all and how important you are. That we want you as a church not just to keep your doors open. We're so glad that you lived through the pandemic and you're vibrant here. There are churches that have languished during this difficult time we just had. And we want you as a church to thrive, to be a, minister, a mentoring ministry. One of our goals is to find churches like yours where we can go to get new minister, pastors. Wouldn't it be great if a village missionary would grow up in this church? Pastor Dan would mentor them, and then we grab them, as it were, and you support them, and we send them to another VM field that would come from you guys. Because you guys have received the blessings of Village Missions for this many years. Why not watch the ascending church, a mentoring church for a future Village Missionary? And then we want to be an encouragement. Part of my goal here is to say, add a boy, Dan, but add a boy church. To say, great, great job on that in worship this morning, but great job in how I watched how you guys get along with each other. I sense vibrance here. You guys do like each other, right? Uh, it's fun to watch that, in, that fellowship to go on. And then we want to let people really know, and we, ask, we need your help, that you would help people understand what Village Missions does. We vet your missionaries very heavily. Uh, we're praying that 10, we have 10 new candidates at our November con, uh, candidate school and 10 in our fall, spring one, to be able to keep up with retirements and open fields. And we work pretty hard. We don't candidate. We vet them, and then we put the churches and the missionaries together. And that's primarily my job, is to look at transcripts, to look at those folks, talk to them on the phone. I talk a lot. Uh, John says that's what he pays me for, is to talk. So I love it. But to talk to people on the phone. This last, I got a group of people starting to pray about a week ago that we'd be able to make our goal of these 10. And this week alone, I had a new inquiry every day of this last week. So five new inquiries, I think actually six new inquiries this week that are in the process to go possibly for our fall candidate school. So five this week, five next week. We could easily make the 10, but we don't want to stop there. I think God wants to give us 100, that'd be fine, but we'd have to do something different with our candidate school dates to fill everybody. But placement process, we work really hard uh, at working with the church and the missionaries to get the placement correct. CDI, how many of you heard of Contenders Discipleship Initiative? That's what Dan went through for training. And that is a big part of our thing, of our preparing new future missionaries. Mentoring and internships, I really love doing this. Uh, placing new missionary, I mean candidate, I mean folks that have been in Bible college or CDI, placing them in a church where the church the district rep, the missionary, and myself worked to help train them to get them out into the real world. And then we expanded the DR role. We used to have six. Now we have eight so that the DR is more available to you. Uh, Mark should be very available to you. Uh, he, he's close to you, so he's probably been available a lot. 
but we want you to be able to, him to be able to spend more time mentoring and working with you all as well. So we've expanded that. And then we've developed what we call the college on-ramp program. So if you give us that next slide. We have three ways that we get new missionaries. CDI and online, that's where people hear about us and they go to the website. But then we have this college on-ramp. And this is where I get excited because my background when I was a Jonah was the development of teacher, teacher development to become teachers. I thought I was, God was teaching me the school was teaching me how to prepare teachers when in reality God was trying to prepare me to prepare new preachers. So God can take those things that we think he's doing one thing with us and do a better job with it. So we've got some colleges that we're working with that I would like you to pray for. Calvary University in Kansas City. They had already started an on-ramp program to take college students that wanted to go into foreign missions and let them experience college experienced by internships, uh, foreign missionary venues, and become foreign missionaries while they were in college. They chose Village Missions to become their entity for church revitalization. So we're recognized by them that if they have students that are interested in home church revitalization, we are the agency that they go to. And it's been fun watching that develop. Frontier School of the Bible, this is where it kind of all started. We started mentoring students there back when I was a DR, bringing them up to our town in Shadron, Nebraska, where we were at, and uh, doing ministry there. We had a retired village missionary couple that came from Beaver at one time, Harold and Joan McGinnis, and they uh, uh, worked with us there to mentor Frontier students. And uh, we have gotten several village missionaries from Frontier School of the Bible. And then Montana Bible College out in Bozeman is one of our newer schools. And we've got an agreement with them where their students will go on internships and work with us to become Village Missions. We want them to be better understanding who Village Missions are while they're in college with the idea that once they graduate, they'll already have candidate school done, already know who we are. They'll graduate and immediately we'll be able to place them in a church. Prepared is the plan. And then we have another college we're looking at, Lancaster Bible College, Lancaster on the East Coast, and we're trying to develop that with them as well. So this is kind of our new pilot program that we're trying to develop, and uh, just pray for that, that that will all happen. Uh, next uh, slide. We do a lot with candidate schools. We've had three of them since I took over, or started taking over this role, and almost everybody in these candidate schools has been placed, or is almost ready to be placed. You can see the team. We bring in a village missionary couple, DR couple, John and Kennedy and Debbie and I to teach these courses as well to help these candidate schools. And next, next slide. This is how we're doing right now. You can look at those. We don't break it down for you, but you can kind of see where the numbers have been at the fields. We're, trying, we're getting them closer. We have the, the fields. We have 188, and we have 175 missionaries. We're wanting to flip it. We're wanting to have more missionaries than we do fields is where we want to get to. And we're getting, we're getting there. So that's, that's where we are right now. Uh, next slide. District reps, this is, we bring them to our offices once a year. Tremendous people. You guys like Mark Kennedy? They like Mark Kennedy. <laughs> you love him? And Bonnie, they're great people. And uh, we just love our DRs. They're just they just are, they're always traveling around and caring for our missionaries. Next slide. I want to leave you with this. End the day with saying thank you. Thank you from Village Missions for your faithfulness to God. We want to thank God for his faithfulness to us and to you all. And give you, take you back to Nebraska, to a young couple that I had the privilege of watching go into Village Missions, go through an internship, study CDI, and we placed them at a little place called Oak, Nebraska that was near a place where I was a little kid. And uh, uh, listen to what, because you have your 10% and the other things that you give to Village Missions, because you are self-supporting and support your missionaries so well, we are able to do, to send this couple to Oak. And I want you to hear their story. So go ahead.
maybe it would be a dark, there would be no lives. So thank you. When you're thinking of your partnership with Village Missions, think of Oak, Nebraska. And you're part of that. Very clear part. That little town, 66 people. And that church is there. Kevin and Kelsey are there. The boys, uh, I consider them my grandkids right now. Isaac is Isaac Jonathan. He's my namesake. And we've had a chance to be involved with that dear family in in our in Shadron where we used to live. And they are faithfully preaching the word and loving the people in Oak. Partially because of you all. And we thank you. But now think about where you live. Are there dark people? Is there darkness in people's lives where you live? Remember, you are a missionary also. And God wants you to understand the need where you're at and be committed to take the gospel to people in your mission field that need him also. So again, from those missions perspective, thank you. And let's watch what God is going to do through you all in the future as we are understanding the need, have a relationship with God, partner together as a church in those missions to see what God's going to do. D.L. Moody said, heard, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man or woman that's totally sold out to God. And I want to kind of change that. The world has yet to see what God can do with a group of churches through village missions that's totally sold out to God and committed to getting the gospel to rural America. I believe the answer to America's problems is not politics, but is the Lord Jesus Christ. We, my dear friends, have the answer to all the ills that you think about in America. And is America our mission field? Absolutely. There's mission fields all over the world. But God has called us, and particularly Village Missions, to go to those spots. So thank you for your partnership. But let's watch what goes on in the future. Because I do believe that the best is yet to come, even in America, as we get the gospel to those places. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. And help us to keep looking up to you. And to not get discouraged, but to realize who you are. And you saved us. Surely, you can save others. And you want to use us to do that. In Christ's name, amen.